Welcome to the Happy Holy Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Holy You, you know that we are all about health and well-being, and we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Happy Whole You podcast. And I have something so exciting to share with you today. Oh my gosh. So I have a good friend of mine, Heather Leganelli with me. This That's is me. her. She's right here, you guys. And I actually, I'm getting goosebumps. Really? Over my body right now. Oh my gosh. Look at you can see. Really? I'm oh getting goosebumps. Goodness. I so, didn't know you could get goosebumps on her face. Oh my gosh. So that, this is so in alignment. Um, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. My head is tingling because I wanted to announce to you guys that Heather is now going to be a co-host on the Happy Will You podcast. Yay! Did you like this? <laughs> right? And you guys don't know Heather yet. However, some of you that have been listening for a while, we did do an episode together around my 40th birthday. So you can go back and listen to that episode. But you're going to get to know her and you're going to find a really special place in your heart for her because she's absolutely amazing. And this is just going to elevate the Happy Holy podcast to a whole nother level, having her here, her sharing her knowledge and just her creativity. And Heather, I want you to just share with everyone a little bit about yourself. Yeah. If you were to give us a 30 second elevator pitch of who you are. So I am East Coast girl to my core and I have lived in California now for 17 years. So I have a unique perspective on like both ways of life and I'm an artist at heart too. So creative mind, a little bit of an edge, East Coast edge. A lot of edge. A lot. <laughs> I was playing it down. And then business savvy. So business savvy, creative that is in love with life and learning and growing and looks at potential and possibility every day. Yes. Oh my gosh. And she owns the best restaurant in the world right here in Bakersfield, California. I eat there probably too often, <laughs> but it. since I'm your friend, it's never too often, right? But it's amazing. I had it today. Yes. It's so good. Every time that yeah. her name pops up on the printer for the kitchen, I'm like, yes. Usually yes. I'm in there like doing something <laughs> random and, and they're like, and of this, and of that. They all know her, but yeah. first name is great. Yeah. And then you, you gave me an extra special gift the last time I was there. And then today we have a special gift too with all this garlic and just goodness. And um, unfortunately, I should know better than to come not being hungry when I'm around Heather. So this is the thing is I have to note to self right now, never show up to be in Heather's presence already full. Okay? Yeah, like just say it's like a like don't take the extra like four bites at the end of whatever yeah. you're doing. Just in case, right? Like yes. and it's actually in line with eating in a blue zone friendly way. 
Yeah, that is true. I like that plug. That was really right? good. That is yeah. so true. Yeah. Can I tell you about this? Well, first, yes. can you tell me why garlic is so important? Oh my gosh. Garlic is anti-inflammatory, antimicrobial, antiviral, and it does so much for your immune system as well as, you know, cancer cells. And yeah, I mean, other than it makes your breath and you kind of smell like garlic, well, that's why I it's it. so good. Because I wanted to make sure that we both had the same kind of breath. Yeah. So that I didn't have to worry. Right? Like when you go on yes. a date, yes. you have to share yes. whatever dish is like, garlicky. I'm going to eat this. Do you want some? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. And but so good. The cool thing with this is, is that I've been doing a cow milk free diet and so this is a chevrolet cheese and then the bread is dairy free and so i've noticed just through going and seeing you and having the full body workup and all of that my body uh, doesn't really process dairy well mm -hmm. and so while i eat gluten if i eat gluten that doesn't have dairy in it that's you're not made. as triggered right yeah that's made. interesting it's been really yeah. really really interesting so yeah that is a ciabatta that is dairy-free. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And it's going to help my immune system. And I have my kids back to school night after this. So I'm going to be around a bunch of little kids. So it's going to protect me. And plus you brought me this fresh juice, which is so good as well. So yeah, this one's yeah. like a little sad. Like, stir it up. Yeah, stir it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. So here's the thing. Heather and I were talking and we were just talking about all the things and Heather's like, yeah, like what the hell, right? Like, we were like, maybe we'll start a podcast called What the Hell? And then, you know, like, like what the hell? Like, why do people not know this? Or, yeah, we were talking about me going home, actually, and my mom and how she didn't know things that I learned, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, like and using fluoride toothpaste. Yes, and, like, not putting aluminum cans that are opened with food in them in the refrigerator. Mm -hmm. These little things that we, I, I think, myself, and I could include you in it, yeah, <laughs> because we're we're taking the time to like do the work and research yeah. what is beneficial for and our bodies. They're both neurotoxins. Yes, and a lot of people just don't know. So when I think of like people in my life that mm -hmm. have influenced me in positive ways, that that share knowledge, that are transparent, that talk about things that aren't commonly talked about, those people, I'm like, wow, I really, I wish I had more of that in my mm -hmm. life. And then that kind of evolved yeah. to, why don't we talk about these things? Yeah. And then once you know it, then you, sometimes we assume other people know it. So you're like, mom, why are you still using fluoride toothpaste? Or uh, fluoride's a neurotoxin and it can cause all sorts of things. And fluoride can actually cause your teeth to become more brown. Did you know that? Yes. I mean, geez. Yes. It's like corroding <laughs> your teeth. <laughs> Everybody has been told for so many years that fluoride was yeah. essential. And they're they were, putting it in our water. They're, they're telling you to give it to your young children. Oh yeah. my, I went to the dentist yesterday. And so I go in and I always say no x-rays. I'm that crazy parent. That's like, don't put an x-ray machine next to my child's head. You don't need to get x-rays of their teeth all the time. And then when they clean their teeth, I'm like, yeah, no fluoride to clean them. And they look at me like so puzzled. Anyway, <laughs> I'll never forget the first time that I went to get a treatment and my friend is a dental hygienist and she had told me that I needed, I was having sensitive areas in my mouth mm -hmm. and she had told me to use a certain type of like fluoride supplement and she was really adamant and she's amazing, like amazing human. Yeah. She's really adamant about me not eating afterwards and I couldn't figure out why. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm not supposed to eat. And me as a human, if I don't know the underlying <laughs> why, 
then I am kind of rebellious. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be like, whatever. Like, who yeah. cares? Like, I don't, oh, they said not to eat. I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. once I realized the why, like, you couldn't pay me. Yeah. To eat. <laughs> so why? Why couldn't you eat after you had that? Because it's not, it, you, you're not supposed to ingest fluid. Right. Oh, I thought you were saying she was giving you a pill to take. No, she no, was yeah, like, after they clean yeah, your teeth. You're yeah. not supposed to ingest fluid. You shouldn't eat for two, two hours. But here's the thing. Okay. So we're going on the floor. I kick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, if you literally get your toothpaste out and it will say on there, do not swallow, keep out of reach of children. And how many of us, I'm guilty of this too, by the way, how many of us have put toothpaste on our child's toothbrush when they are one year old, no, two years old, when they have their teeth, three years old, around there, and you're brushing their teeth for them, and then you tell them to spit it out, and they kind of spit it, but they're swallowing yeah. the fluoride. And then the dentist is telling you, give your child this fluoride pill, and then, hey, by the way, I'm going to put fluoride in your water. And I'm sitting here being like, mm -mm, now, I mean, if I knew then what I knew now, it's like, I just, I can't even. What was the yeah. pill like? What, how was the pills like sold to you? Oh, it was just like, oh, here's your fluoride prescription for your kid. And I remember multiple times not getting into it, but like, I'm just like, I just don't feel like this is right. And I remember this lady, she no longer is at the dentist where the kids go. And she was like, no, like, this is safe. And she would tell me all the right things. But there was something inside of me that kept saying, no, like, my, yeah. my kid is three years old, yeah. four years old. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I, I do know that I did get the prescription filled a couple times. And I remember a couple times I gave them fluoride and I kept feeling weird about it. And then I finally said, you know what? Screw this. I'm not doing it anymore. And then I started looking into it. And I started to realize, like, oh, there's a lot here. And if fluoride's a neurotoxin, why would any small amount would you want to put that in your little developing child's body and brain? Like, I couldn't get on board with that. Well, I so. think that that's the key right there. So at what point does our mind shift from believing in what we're being told mm -hmm. to taking that forward step into educating ourselves on our own behalf? That's it, education. At what point do we get to to where it breaks, like where there's a change, a shift, right? Because I feel like as a child growing up, like everybody else was better than me, you know, like I didn't know, so I listened. And then at the older I got, the more I realized, yeah, well, I can empower myself and I get to learn for myself. And then I started to get a little like freaked out by the things that I was learning <laughs> because it was almost you like too much. Yeah. yeah. And I, I almost yeah. felt like I needed to slow my roll a little bit yeah. because I felt like I can't unknow these things. Yeah. And that's a, that's a huge piece of it too. It's like, well, I want to back up first. You said that, oh, you thought other people knew more than you. I think that we all have kind of like that, oh, well, other people know, like, especially the doctor, especially the hygienist, like other people know more things than I do. It's like where we give our health away. Like somebody else knows my body more than me. No, that's not true. You know? And I think, I think we do that too often. So we have to literally have more self-confidence in ourselves and believe in ourselves and go educate ourselves. And at the end of the day, what feels right for you, I think is what ultimately we should be, be doing, you know? But, yeah. And at what age? So like for me, as I became an adult, as I started to live on my own, I remember a big shift right after college and living in my first apartment. 
and making my own dinner yeah. and like preparing meals and deciding like, okay, what do I, going to college and going to a cafeteria <laughs> and choosing an omelet or a wrap like is yeah. that different than going to a grocery store and picking out the things that I'm going to put into my body. A hundred percent. And I think that's when my mind started to shift around these are the choices I get to make because I am responsible for myself now all of a sudden randomly mm-hmm. yeah. at the age of 21. Yeah. But how many times did you see your mom actually cook when you were growing up? Pretty often. Yeah. Yeah. My parents both were pretty often. They yeah. made meals like almost every day. We, we had Friday night out, which was really fun. So we got to pick between this like Mandarin place or we got to pick between pizza. Like we would go yeah. to different places on Friday night and then pretty much every other night we yeah. had home cooked meals. Yeah. I mean... So same. I mean, we didn't get to go to restaurants. <laughs> I was four or five kids, and I actually grew up thinking there were no such thing as public restrooms. <laughs> My son really? can't believe that. Lewis is like, Grandma, I can't believe you told me, Mom, there were no public restrooms. Because my mom, first she was 17 when she had my oldest brother, and within eight years she had five children. And so if my mom ever took us anywhere, the la- she always said, you have to go potty before we leave. There's not a restroom. If we went, yeah, there's no restroom. So I never knew that like the grocery store had a restroom. Like this is like a, a like real thing. Yeah, that Lewis, was your reality. That was my reality. Lewis thinks this is like the most funny and craziest thing. I mean, it's kind of you can't comprehend it. Yeah, it is. I mean, she didn't have to go take five children to the restroom, but we didn't go out to eat. Like if it was Friday night before my oldest brother's football game, there was a place called In and Out. And they had 29 cent hamburgers and 39 cent french fries. But we only could get the hamburgers. This was not the in and out that California does. No. This is in another state on the yeah. other side. Oh, it's called, no, it wasn't called in and out. It's called hot and now. Okay. Hot and now. This was in what state? Michigan. 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 Yeah. Yes. Thank there's you. no in and out there. No, there's not. Okay. Hot and in now. now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like diving back. deep <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> like, can I see it? Oh, yes, oh yes. Yes. That's a pretty good deal. So that was like a splurge. That was a huge splurge. But other than that, and we would go through the drive-thru with our van, and my mom would toss the burgers to us, and then we would drive to my brother's football game. And that was like a really special treat. But we didn't have, we didn't go up to dinner. There wasn't like restaurants. And so what you just said about, you know, I went to college, and then I had to figure out what I'm going to buy at the grocery store and what I'm going to cook for myself. Are these children even, like, literally, are these kids learning how to cook? Are they learning how to go to the grocery store and shop? Because I see a lot of parents, I see a lot of kids, and the majority of their diet is eating out. It's interesting you say that because I feel like we are in a society of, like, quick and now. Like, yeah, yesterday, we needed this. Waiting in line at the drive-thru for some people is too much, too. Like they don't, there's not a lot of fluidity and time for some mm-hmm. reason right now. And so when I look at that and that mindset, what kind of children are we developing right now? Because I know for me, I grew up, my great grandmother baked and cooked and made meals. And so I learned how to prepare food and bake and measure with my hands when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And my dad also cooked and baked and my mom did the same. And so my grandparents on my dad's side did the same. They actually owned a restaurant at some point when I was really young. And so there was a lot of food was a integral part like of these. my yeah like childhood. And so when I look at who I am now, 
I don't know if I would have become, if I would have transitioned into this type of person, like a foodie. <laughs> like, I don't think that that, I don't know if that would have happened. And I remember doing the meals and like, I can like envision myself in that specific space. And I remember even painting and designing and like having this interior edge and staying up all night and like taping off sections and like putting, like doing artistic things in that space with my roommates and with my yeah. friends and it felt like an extended sleepover you know yeah. like it was never like it was just like oh continuous fun and yeah whatever I'm working now and I get to decide all these great yeah, get to do choices these things. and things that I didn't have the capacity to even think about before that mm-hmm. so yeah I remember going through the motions I remember one of the first meals I made this is crazy it was a chicken like kind of like a chicken piccata thing I was working for this Italian restaurant when I was in college and they barely spoke English. They yelled at me all the time. And from a chair, like, in the corner. Like, <laughs> 20 fingers. <laughs> Literally, yeah. like, it was unreal. And one of their most amazing dishes that they made there was this chicken with, like, roasted tomatoes and a piece of, like, buffalo mozzarella. And it was almost like a cross between, like, a marsala and a piccata. And I had it recently when I went home because that restaurant is still there. Oh, wow. That's awesome. It was yeah. so good. And my friend, she, like, texted me the other day. She's like, what was the name of that chicken that we got? <laughs> like, it's, like, addicting. Yeah. So I tried to make that myself. Uh, okay. I just made it up. I didn't yeah. know how to make it. I didn't yeah. know at the time. Yeah. And it turned out so good that people were like, oh, can you make that again? And I'm like, Ooh. I can't, I think. I don't even know what I did. But yeah. So it, it, it encouraged me to try and, like, be okay with failing mm-hmm. and... I think it was a result of just being in that environment of home cooking. Yeah, that exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I think of like how many young adults are there going to be in five to 10 years that literally don't even know how to make a meal? I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? But, you know, Uber Eats and all these other whatever they have that drive you food yeah. and stuff like that. The other one that DoorDash. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't use them, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, um, we had. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be able to go to the restaurant and go grocery shopping. Yeah, <laughs> like very conveniently. And I look at my team too, and we have a 19 year old up to 45 ish age range of team members, and I feel like one of the, the coolest parts of our days is having the opportunity to expose some of the younger generations to artisanal food yeah. and like yeah. handcrafted food with like heart. And this is a garlic confit, which is it's olive oil that we get locally and the garlic is like slow roasted in the olive oil. And then we do like a truffle salt on top. Just that simple like concept of taking one ingredient mm-hmm. and roasting it with another local ingredient Yeah, and like, getting a result that's favorable where people are excited about it that's so basic and yeah for them to be able to experience that gives me this sense of like yes. <laughs> yes. yeah because it's like that knowledge piece right now that they know that like they have that knowledge for the rest of their life right it's are very they, very powerful are they going to be satisfied with going through a drive like yeah. I hope that that would instill that value of like I get to have more out of life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so fluoride, food, <laughs> you guys are not going to ever know where we're going with things. 
We uh, can do it. We can rein it back in. We'll, we'll try our best to rein things back in. But Heather and I are like, you know how you have that friend that you can just talk to forever and ever? Like, this is us. Like, we'll be seriously be like, okay, let's meet for like a little bit and just hang out and talk or whatever. And then like four or five hours goes by. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's like 10 o'clock at night. My husband's probably wondering husband. where I'm at. Her husband's like, oh, excuse me. And then we're like sitting in front of the biocharger <laughs> at my center. And it's like, yeah, we met at like 4.30 and it's late you know 10 o'clock which I do I miss that when I'm in this space actually it reminds me of when we would have our little meetings and yeah hang out here and yeah chat in front of the bio charger yeah you guys so one thing that where we're at right now this location this is we're at this place called the content lab it's a place in Bakersfield California that you can come you can record podcasts take photos and make content but what's really cool about it is this space that this business is in is literally the space that Happy Bowl U used to be in. And I was in this space for four years, built the space out, designed it. And then when I decided to purchase my own building and expand Happy Bowl U, we moved. And then literally the space is here. And we're literally recording in the same room where we had this thing called the biocharger, which is amazing. And we would have just like, we would meet, there was a few of us ladies that would meet and just like talk about what's going good for us, any challenges that we had. And the waves. The waves. Is that what it was called? Oh yeah, we made up a name for it. I think it was the waves. Women. I don't know. We did, we made an acronym. It was an acronym. Yeah. Or something. And we did call it waves. It was Shannon Care with Heidi Socks. And it was. Cammie. Cammie. What's her last name? Polson. That's right. Cammie Polson. And. You and I yes. and Amanda with tax services. Oh, did she? She came. She zoomed in she, a couple oh, of times. Yeah, she did zoom in. Amanda, how do you pronounce her last name? Didn't she just, she's getting married right now. Yeah. I think she just got engaged, actually. I'm not sure. Yeah. Giacomo or Amanda? No? No. Yeah, it's not coming. Either way. Yeah. There's five of us, and it was fun. Yeah, it was. And it was here, and that was how it all started. And I think that's... How we actually originally connected. Yes, that is. And I actually, my first impression of Anna Oh, was, no, here it comes. <laughs> was like, oh, my God. Like, what am I doing? Did I ever tell you this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm about to find out. So we, we, we meet, and I think we were upstairs in this building. We oh, yeah. We were upstairs yeah. at, in the boardroom. It right. was COVID times. Okay, yeah. And you were just like, no nonsense. And like literally, you're like, I'm just telling you, I'm here to share space with people and I'm not gonna do the whole like bullshit of like <laughs> of like this is like fake stuff or like yeah. non-emotional, like whatever. If you're gonna be here, I need to make sure that you're here and you're gonna show up and you're gonna be real and you're gonna be vulnerable. And this is like a no-nonsense space. And it's a safe space and it's no nonsense. And I was like, I don't know who the hell this girl is, but like I kinda like her. And I, I'm a little like where am I? Like, this is not a normal Bakersfield vibe. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, I've gotten accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember that now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I don't know that. what triggered you to, I, to be, like, I think yeah. I got, I think, honestly, like, through COVID, too, I did get to the point where, you know, I think, like, a lot of people, it was, like, what's important to us? Mm-hmm. And there was, a, there's so much fake stuff out there like you turn on you know you go through social media and obviously we're all putting out there like the top one percent the good photos like all those things but at the same time some of it is like straight up just fake it's so far from what 
that person is or who they are living. Like it's not in alignment with their true authentic self. And so I think for me, it was like, I want to find other people in the flesh, right? Like real women that we can have these real conversations because I can't tell you how many people that, you know, when I speak at events and things like that, they hear my story or whatnot. And they're like, Oh gosh, yeah, I, I, you know, thought it was easy for you. Or I didn't think you struggled with these things. And it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm human. Like, we all struggle with things. It's just a matter of, are you willing to show up and, you know, not be a victim of your life and be like, Hey, how can I live in my future self? And I need support and just be inspired by other women that are literally in this, in kind of the same vibe. But how are you supposed to be inspired by, I don't know, the woman that's drinking wine and her kids always look perfect but she complains that she's a hot mess on social media, but everything looks perfect. And, but you never really know her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like surface value, thing. surface value. And then they're, Oh, I'll help you make 10,000 a month. If we were talking about this, right. I'll help you make 10,000 a month. If you do this, that, and the other thing and sign up for my class. And it was funny. Cause I think, I think it was you. I was talking to you about this. Like what business, like who have you ever like gone online and said, by the way, we did $50,000 this month. Like, you know, like no other You're talking about the influencers. Like yeah. so right now there's like a whole influencer population of people who are there proudly boasting about their income as a selling point to enroll other people to be a part of their organization yeah. and their like plan. Right. And they're they're renting private jets just to get photo ops in front of and these, you know, going on vacations or maybe not. It's it's like false imaging. Right. And so then and some of them maybe are like, some of them, like totally because I know a few that are like, yeah, in our community specifically right. that are, that have like set great intentions yeah. that have come a really long way. And like Kayla, right. after you know her. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like put every ounce of her being, she's, I mean, she's come a long way. Yeah. Do you know her personally? Not personally. No. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I interacted with her quite a few times and she's just like a really good person that yeah. has done a lot in her life. So I feel like there are, and maybe that's what set the tone. Yeah. Maybe there were some like really great influential people that did do amazing things. And then everybody's like kind of jumping on board and right. like knocking it off. In right. Yeah. And I think, I think my, I think that, yeah, it's total knockoff. But I think the, the challenge that I come in is like for like my listeners and people that I work with, like I don't want them for one second to look at somebody else and compare themselves to that person's 1%. Got it. Like, it makes the exception. Right. The, the people that are doing that well and, like, whatever, yeah, yeah. that could happen. They're the exception. They're not the rule. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, it's, like, um, I don't know. So, it's, it's for me, I just want to always try to be authentic and real, you know, in terms of, like, the podcast, you know, online when people come into the center and, you know... I'm with people like I just don't I don't know I don't I don't post out there like how much money I make I don't post out there all the well it would be embarrassing for me literally like I'm, I feel like July would have been embarrassing <laughs> although it, but, but it's not embarrassing though right like because your standard is here but honestly some people would be like oh my god if only I made as much as Heather made right and but that's the thing it's like this comparison thing right and it's like it just I just wish we could like show up authentically support each other be in alignment and 
not try to live someone else's life yeah. ultimately is I want people to live who they are because it's that diversity within how all we think yeah. and how we all show up. That is actually, that's the magic. Um, I heard someone actually say, this is kind of crazy. So, you know, there's the whole diverse diversity in terms of all of our skin color, right? Like we want to have like diversity and yeah. you know, all of that representation, that representation right? Which Great. We live in America and we live in California. So I love it. Like there's diversity all over here, you yeah. know? Um, it's cool. Very different from where I grew up. Really? Very different. Well, I grew up, it was even more diverse than it is here. Really? Yeah. It's, it, and you more. learn so much, right? Like yeah. it's so cool to meet other people who think differently, 100%. who have different life experiences. But like what's crazy right now, I feel like we're living in an age where diversity is celebrated except for diversity of thinking so you're saying that diversity of thinking is is like shunned then I, or like, I feel like it is I feel like you know like like for example like the whole fluoride thing or vaccinations for you know we're being censored I know there's been posts or um, things that I've gone to like put on or done a video and then I get this notice from Instagram that for the safety of the people, they're like blocking me from posting it. Mm. And so it's like, since when did my life experiences and my freedom of speech start to get censored? And I feel like a lot of this censorship happened around COVID. So it's like, if, if we can't get along with, you know, like drag queens, you know, reading to children and we're not on board with that, then, then what? I don't, I don't support that community. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, I think that we can all have a diverse way of thinking. Yeah. That's that, expressive. It's yeah. a form of expression. Right. And I think that certain things right now, and it, maybe it's fear-based, maybe it's uh, the government expecting people to kind of follow suit or follow in line with certain things. Yeah. I feel like there's so much to it. I did see on Instagram today, so many Grant Cardone had posted something. He's a, do you know who he is? Yeah. Yeah. So he had posted something about like vaccinations today and he was like, I know I'm going to lose some following here and that's okay. You know, yeah, I'm not going to get in line for this why? next round of yeah. vaccinations. And I thought about it too, like during the pandemic, cause we, as a restaurant, we were required to do certain things and yeah, right. quote unquote. Yeah. And I remember thinking at the time, like I can't hire people based on whether or not they've been vaccinated. Like exact. Yeah. I can't <laughs> say like, Show me your documentation. Like, I, that's grounds for me being sued. Right. Yeah, and then, yeah, we're being put in this situation. I mean, or we're really not, right? we got to remember that we have rights as... These are, like, implied things. Right, like implied. They aren't really, like, a law. Right. So it was, you wear a yeah. mask, and this is an implied yeah. thing. So yeah. that all of that during that time, there was a girl that is, like stereotypical hippie <laughs> that has been on my team for a while and she was like I'm not getting vaccinated and I was like well that's her choice like I'm, I'm why would I as an employer have any right, right. Yeah. or like opinion on what that person would do with mm -hmm. their body yeah but in this day and age though like literally you can't even get medical exemptions you can't get religious exemptions for vaccines anymore not anymore you, you can't like it is like almost impossible to get exemptions for vaccinations. And it's like, this is insane to me. And you go to, you go to a pediatrician's office and they'll say, 
Um, I heard Candace Owens talking about this, and I thought, like, it's, she's just, I really like her, so if you guys don't follow her, you should follow her. But, I mean, she says what she thinks, and she thinks critically, which I love. And so she was with her pediatrician, and she said that she was with her pediatrician, and she was talking about, you know, maybe not vaccinating her kid, and spreading them out, or just wasn't, she wasn't on board with it. She wasn't ready to inject her small child with all these things that have heavy metals in them, and blah, blah, blah. And then the, the doctor had said to her something along the lines of, well, then, you know, we can't, for the safety of everyone, we can't, like, essentially see your kid. Right. And so she's, so Candace was like, well, this is interesting because my kid's not vaccinated right now, but it's okay for you to see him now. What would be the difference? Because there's so many kids coming in here not vaccinated all at first. So at what point is the vaccine going to protect you from my child? Like, you would think it's the unvaccinated that aren't protected, right? If the vaccines work, why would you have a problem with me not being vaccinated if you are vaccinated? Right, because if the vaccine was meant to protect the people that are getting vaccinated, correct? Then technically, you they shouldn't should, worry about it. They should be. Shouldn't worry about it. Shouldn't even trip about it. I do know so. that from a school perspective, like that same person that has been a part of our team for a long time. Um, had a really hard time one day because her son, he's 15 now, in order to go and, and as a freshman, I think, yeah. he had to get a certain type of vaccination. And he's, I think it was teed up. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, she which has aluminum in it. Yeah. Which aluminum, everybody knows. <laughs> Neurotoxin. Causes, it's been like. Can't get stuck in the broad barrier. <laughs> it's been, it's been lead. It's been, studies have shown just like deodorant, there's lots of carriers for aluminum and things that we put into our bodies, into yeah. our bodies, on our bodies that get absorbed into our bodies, into our bloodstream, gets can get stuck in the blood-brain barrier. And, and those are problems that have been linked to cancer and disorders, diseases, mm -hmm. the way that your body functions, autoimmune. autoimmune. There's a plethora of right. side effects from yeah. aluminum specifically and the body. So she was like crying one day at work because the school somehow convinced her the father of her son uh, to yeah to vaccinate mm -hmm. and so he got her son vaccinated while she was at work yeah and she was pissed yeah it's it's crazy it's it's just to me it's it's honestly disgusting that parents don't like parents don't have any say in their kids health anymore you know i mean don't even get me started on this whole gender thing too know, like we don't we can't go there today you guys we can't i'm just i'm curious to know about metals though because i feel like so i know i don't even know where i picked this up but i know like if you open a can of tuna fish this is so random mm -hmm. and you didn't use it all then i think i saw in a documentary one day that it's not good to put that can into your refrigerator because air it will leach into the food yeah and the metal the proponents of the metal end up leaching into the food which end up in your body causing issues i don't know a lot about that though yeah. i just know that that's like a no yeah i mean there's we're all going to be exposed to heavy metals and different things and it's just to what extent so yeah taking your using like glass like right here we have glass versus plastic and paper and paper straws you know like and what's the why behind that so like i know from what i've learned about plastic it acts as a same it's a carrier for plastic cannot be naturally made mm -hmm. in any way or form it's a mix yeah. of chemicals yep. that are heated and then molded into a shape 
And if they get heated again, or cold, or again, ice cold, yeah, yeah, then there's the molecular structure starts to change in them. And so then that can influence your food. And we know, like, for example, water. So this is juice, but literally this is water, right? Mm -hmm. It's fruit juice, water. Water has memory. And so water can actually take on the frequencies of different things. And there's some things that are good frequencies or some things that are bad frequencies. I mean, it's, it's all in, also, if you just go to back to the energy exchange, you know, there's that aspect, but then there's the chemical aspect that is like not great. Right. And I think that that, so I know growing up on the East coast, there were so many times when my water bottle would freeze in the car. And I wouldn't even think anything of it because I'm like, well, whatever, I'll take it inside and it will defrost eventually and I'll just drink it. Yeah. And then I watched a documentary one day and it talked about, I knew the heating of things was like, logically that made sense to me. Yeah. The yeah. freezing part is yeah. kind of like threw me off yeah. guard because yeah. I didn't expect it to be as substantial of an issue. So heating in the microwave plastic is a big no-no for me. The other day, one of my team members was like, can I just do that oh, real gosh. quick? And I was yeah, like, no. No. no plastic, no. No, and she was like, I, it's just like, what are we supposed to do? And I'm like, uh, there's coffee mugs that are made out of glass for a reason. <laughs> and yeah. even though I don't believe in using a microwave on a regular basis, like it's not something that I do every day, it's something that I do if I'm in a pinch mm -hmm. once a week, maybe, or less. Yeah. And especially in the restaurant, because I feel like we're already taking the time to like do all these great things and make these things from scratch and like do, like be mindful of what we're Creating. Yeah. yeah. Like, I just don't want to be a advocate or, like, a conduit for ill health choices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, happy. Well, we don't even have a microwave in our quote-unquote staff lounge. It's, we have a, an oven, a little, it's one of those little ovens. Oh, yeah, like yeah. a toaster oven. Yeah. 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 That's what we have in there, so... You guys, if you hear feedback or other people talking, I think they're about having a party out there. I know. Like this. I mean, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> it is. great. So the microwave. So, oh yeah. So back to microwave. The other thing with the microwave too, though, is... And plastic. And plastic. Just the food actually in the microwave. I mean, first is putting this electromagnetic field around it, but you actually lose a lot of moisture in your food and you know your food actually gets hot spots, right? If you use a microwave. I mean, I used to like heat those like frozen dinners in a microwave. They do? Oh As my God. Yeah. Yeah. How bad is that? Jeepers. Well, I, I mean, try not to think about frozen. it. <laughs> frozen in plastic. I don't know if most people even know the difference though. <laughs> like, I, okay, I know, okay, I know that freezing a nutrient depletes its nutritional value. Mm -hmm. These are the things that I know. I know that getting food that is fresh and actually ingesting food as close to its natural state with its live enzymes. From Still active. As close as possible to wherever the food is being grown mm -hmm. is like the best way to ingest food. And I know this because of late nights watching documentaries. Mm -hmm. Literally, like educating myself beyond oblivion, like to no yeah. end. And yeah. from learning that, I realized that toxins are leach on to food products through transportation, through mm -hmm. pollution in the air, yeah. through the containers they're stored in, yeah. so many ways. And I feel like when I talk about this to most people, I get a look <laughs> of like, 
what are you talking what about? What is happening right yeah. now? And you are an alien. My One of my cooks at the restaurant, he told me last week, he was like, oh, the mumbo jumbo. And I'm like, <gasps> the mumbo jumbo. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Mr. Dr. Pepper or yeah. Diet Coke. Like, yeah. it's not common knowledge. And it, I feel like it's also not... It's not talked about. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, nobody wants to know that Diet Coke in the metal can that it's in is, like, toxic for your body. But Why is it toxic? I mean, well, first of all, you have, like, the asperitine in it, like, all the the chemicals to make it sweet, but it's not real sugar in there. Artificial. Artificial sweeteners. Um, then it's in the can, and then it was warm and then you bring it to the store and then it gets put in the ice box and then you know then when this is another thing that i think about maybe you'd, i don't know if you do when you open the can and you you sever the metal i don't know something has to happen there like it probably does you know i mean i don't i think more about like where did that can go like where did the piece go? Or, like, where did that the microscopic little that. aluminum go to break it? Well, then I think of, like, where has... What is the journey of the can? Yeah. Like, like was that can yeah. in a warehouse? For this like is where we can unknown things. Yes. And this can get us in, like... That yeah. part is the part that yeah. really gets under my skin. I think... Okay, so one so way to... It. If, we, if we haven't lost you yet and you're still with us, you guys. Um, if you think about... Like, you're thinking about when you freeze food and when you eat food. There's definitely something that changes it, right? Right? Think of your body. On a molecular level. On a molecular level. When you are in, like, for example, hot sauna, mm -hmm. when you go into a hot sauna, which I use all the time at Happy Whole You, what does my body do? It sweats. It leaches out heavy metals and things like that. So when we're heating up in a microwave, I feel like when I go in the sauna, I like a joke, like, oh, I'm in my microwave right now, right? I mean, like literally. So what do you think the plastic's doing? What do you think the food is doing? And then on the flip side, you know, there's the cold exposure. We either cryo or we have cold plunge um, as well. And your body has a very physical reaction to those right. two extremes that changes you biologically right so to think that it doesn't happen to our food is really kind of silly well it's happening to our food and i feel like the the big big like underlying part is the stuff that's coming out of the man-made material that's yeah. like the unknowns of it all absorbing in like yeah. i remember back in the day i don't even know i when there was commercials Whenever that was, I know. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting on the couch and I was watching. Um, There's a proposition that was being advertised, and it was this woman, and she was in a grocery store. I hope you remember it. And she's pushing her kid in the shopping cart, and she's like, "I don't need the government to tell me what's in my food." And oh yeah, I remember that? that that proposition. Yes, where companies would have to list everything that's in the food. Yes. And I remember yeah. thinking, like, wow, who is paying for this, first of all? Like, why would anybody not want to know what's in their food? Yeah, but I think I think the thing before that is food should be food that we can recognize. How crazy is it that we actually have to go to the government to create laws to say this is in your food? 
And the reason we're at that point is because of the chemical industry and because of all this toxins and manipulation. It's, it's really actually crazy to think that we are at this point where we have to have a label that says what is in the food. An apple should be an apple. Right. And I think that's what it was coming down to. So at that time, that was when carrots and deli meat were in like a really controversial, like in the media because Um, yeah. Carrots are getting, baby carrots specifically, when they look wet, are getting soaked in chlorine. Okay, I have to tell you this real quick. I'm sorry. I literally had a client, they own a farm, like mass production of carrots, and she told me that she has, grows all her own stuff, and especially carrots, and I found that very interesting that she said that. And I was like, oh, why carrots? And she's like, oh, the stuff that they put on them. And I left it at that, but I, in the back of my mind, I was like, I need to check out more into these carrots. Like I thought a carrot was a carrot, but no longer. Right. Mm-hmm. And you think about it too. Like if you were to go to the store and carrots just look like gnarly and like the little hairy things yeah, that, that are beautiful, that are supposed like, to be all those yeah. things. Like if that looked like that, then like people might not be likely to buy them. Right. And so what they did was they take, they take this, I don't even remember how I learned this. I had talked to somebody at Bolt House in packing one time and they were explaining to me the way they process of baby carrots. Oh my gosh. And so they said that they're all the pieces that look like messed up. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, sh- they have the shaver thing. They whittle them down yeah. into these baby carrots. And in order for them to preserve them, and I don't know if they're still doing that. I don't even know if they do that at Bolt House specifically. I just know that I talked to the people at Bolt House one time about how they produce baby carrots. Mm-hmm. And it was common practice in the industry, not not necessarily at Bull House. This is her giving a disclaimer so she doesn't get sued, you guys. <laughs> yes, so this is you. Heather just sharing something she heard a long time ago, not tied to any specific company, but just something to plant in the back of our heads and maybe look into. Okay. That a lot of a lot of times baby carrots are wet looking because they're soaked in solutions to keep them hydrated mm-hmm. so that they will look bright and appealing. And from part of that proposition would have been a one would have um, mandated that large businesses get to include the packing elements because oh the packing elements are not an ingredient oh. as of like now. So same thing goes for deli meat. Deli meat is moist yes. and wet. Oftentimes when you would buy like Sara Lee deli meat. Yeah. By the way, deli meat is listed, I think, in the World Health Organization as carcinogenic next to tobacco, FYI. So when you get a package of deli meat and you open up a package, which many of us have done throughout mm-hmm. our lives, mm-hmm. and there's like water in there, yeah, that water is not water. That water is a, a combination of ingredients that preserve that meat. And those ingredients are not, li- at one point, I don't know where we stand to this day, at one point, they were not required to be listed. And so that, I know, oh, and that part gets me. And I have baby carrots in my fridge right now. And I am, I'm like literally thinking of my client who said that to me. I put that in the back of my mind. You're saying this to me. Now it's in the very front of my mind. And so I'm going to have to go back to buying. And of course, they're organic too, but yeah. they're still baby carrots. So I got to go back and I got to buy Hairy carrots, or I'm going to start growing my own, actually. I did, uh, last season, I grew some carrots. Yeah. And just pull them out, rinse them off, really shave carrots. them off for the kids, put them in their lunch pail. And you don't even have to, like, shave it, really, technically. Like, if yeah. you are getting, 
farmer's market carrots or mm-hmm. carrots from a source that you know are real, yeah. like actual. That's yeah. the cool thing about these, which is weird at the same time. Like, so Bolt House, for example, they package st- regular straight up carrots. And mm-hmm. so there's a choice that we get to make. And I think right. that that choice shifted during convenience. Yep. You know, sometimes for sure. it's just a time factor. Yeah. So knowing, yeah. okay, well, if I have a choice, I'm going to choose the whole carrot cut it myself yeah. and make it into a stick like back in the 90s it's gonna yeah. be fine and speaking of that it's like ask your kids if they know what a real carrot looks like <laughs> do you have a real carrot right. or a baby carrot like i think some kids would be like really surprised to see what a real carrot looks like right you know and I, yeah i think too like just taking the time to like know the difference between the choices that we have mm-hmm. and it maybe like i have a baby maybe Tomorrow I have some baby carrots and yeah, it's okay. It's not. It's not about right. just like forcing myself into. Yeah, like, nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah, like if, if I can make really good choices as often as I can, mm-hmm. and sometimes I make other choices that serve me during that time, then that's yeah. okay. And right. not feeling guilty. Like if I were to ingest a baby carrot, am I gonna like have a panic attack? Like yeah, no, no, it's just yeah, being mindful of choosing an actual carrot that looks like a carrot versus a baby carrot if I have the ability to do so. Yeah. No, I love that you said that because it's it can become too much. And again, this is just like knowing more. I, I call myself like 80-20, 80% of the time I try to make like the, a good decision. And 20% of the time I'm like, oh, screw it. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna throw baby carrots in my kids' lunches. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have a bag at home. And so it's like, okay, they're going to get baby carrots. But, you know, the next time. Yeah. I can I can do that. So yeah, I think that that's really important. Is it's not you know all or nothing, and yeah, we just yeah, it's not like so. When I went home, I I don't know how this happened. I brought like three little baby. T- As you know, in my life, I'm a very um, strategic packer. Strategic packer. <laughs> And I, it's only because I don't want to make decisions on not having an outfit that I would want to choose, really. So I try to make extra room so I can have yeah. a couple extra, like, choices in my life. Yeah. And so somehow I get to Massachusetts and Connecticut, and I end up there with three small, portable toothpaste tubes. And I did not know that this was going to be a thing, the whole, like, fluoride <laughs> thing. So luckily for me, they're all fluoride-free Yeah. ordered. Um, I end up in this conversation about fluoride with my mom and my friend in Connecticut. And so I like casually just left them. Like one of my, both of them got my toothpaste because they were like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to use this toothpaste that I have right now. And I have a son and you're telling me like, I'm going to be poisoning my son. And I'm like, (laughs) here's one for the meantime, like you can use this for now. And it is, it's like that weird mindset of like, once I know, once other people know, it's a little challenging to remember it's just within reason it's not Mm -hmm. if if we can if I can shift the way that I think in the way that I make choices 80% of the time then that's a hell of a lot better than 100% of the time making bad choices because right my inability to know like what I'm putting in my body right yeah exactly yeah 100% all right I think we should wrap this one up and then we're going to have another one and another one and another one. And it's going to just keep going, you guys. The fun has only just begun. begun. It's just begun. So just in a recap, <laughs> we did garlic. We talked we about garlic. the benefits of garlic. We did. We briefly touched on like heavy metals and toxins in the body. Like mm-hmm. There really wasn't a lot of data behind it. It was just more on like awareness. awareness. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So there's that. And then we talked about ingredients that aren't listed in foods which 
or something that us coming together was really built out of the idea of if we have knowledge that we could share mm -hmm. that other people might not know about, right. then that could be a way for us to give back. Yeah. Or just get the conversation started. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, what the hell, right? Yeah. Like, what's up with that? And then, you know, we don't know everything. We don't know all the answers. But I think it's, I think it's important, too, that we ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Hello, like in this like state that we're in, we need to be asking more questions. We need to be curious and the things that we say, you may not agree with and that's okay. Right? Like yeah. that's totally fine. We're and just people. Yeah. And I may not agree with everything Heather says and Heather may not agree with everything that I say. And that's a healthy thing actually. Yeah. That's a good thing. And so I think that, you know, yeah. Cause we started something. the conversation off with, Oh, yeah, I don't, I, I was like, I don't want to scare people off. Yeah, Heather was very worried about scaring you guys off. She didn't want to, like, give you doom and gloom. And, um... Well, just, like, a lot of information yeah. that is heavy, you know? Right. Like, it, like, I feel like there's so many things in the world that are heavy right now. Mm -hmm. And, like, one step at a time, I think, when it comes yeah. to, like, choices around what we're ingesting, what we're putting on our bodies. Mm -hmm. If there isn't a lot of knowledge or awareness around it, it's okay, like, making the decision to just care is a decision. Yeah. I love that. That's really great. Yes. So important. Yeah. We just, so yeah. So we want to keep it kind of light for you guys and for us, cause we want to laugh and have fun. And we did not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we did not laugh. We didn't. Oh. We're very, we're, we're both kind of serious people, but we're both really fun people too. We I, are. I feel like, yeah, maybe we can end it with something positive. Yes. So lately I've been doing this research on joy and the research I've been doing is based on what brings me joy and what I've like identified as joy in my life. And for a long, long time in my life, joy came to me by me helping other people. And I didn't notice it because I just was doing the things, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm in my routine. I'm just, okay, what, looking back at my day, like, what did I do today? Oh, I connected this person with that person. Oh, I helped this person with a letter of recommendation. I did this for this. And before I knew it, I started calculating out because I can't help myself. The, 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 like the percentage of time that was being spent on me facilitating joy for others mm -hmm. versus facilitating joy for myself. Mm. And so as I learned, I was like, okay, Heather, like, this is good that you are doing these things because you enjoy them and they do bring you joy. What would it feel like for you to intentionally set the day, like start your day off with figuring out one thing that you can do for yourself that will bring you and only you joy? And if it's not limited to only you, that's okay too. Yeah. Just like intentionally for yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what time of day it is. It could be at one o'clock in the morning because you didn't have time to do it. Mm -hmm. Like that's okay. Like whatever, if you wake up and you fell asleep because you took a nap because you were tired or something and then... You woke up and you wanted to like just randomly take five minutes to create joy. That's okay too. So I've been doing that. And as a result of that, I feel like I have like gained more like mental clarity because I feel like there's a little bit of this like purposeful intention in my day. Yeah. Like I'm looking forward to what I could do that day to create joy. Or like when I wake up, I'm like, oh, what is it going to be today? Like, it's like an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Wake up, be curious about your day, excited about yeah. your day. What a great way to live. And yeah. I think like seeking the joy specifically, mm -hmm. like knowing that I get to find, like I've been doing a 30 day photo challenge. So that's been one of my like joy proponents. 
and every day I just look for a prompt that is then deemed for the day. And so I've got one of them is like leading lines. So I'm looking at that uh, sound barrier thing over there, and I'm like, oh, yeah. those lines are great. Like, yeah, maybe before I go, I'll take a picture of that. <laughs> so it's like creating this curiosity and a mindset around. I get to look forward to these things. This is something that I enjoy, mm-hmm. and it's stimulating like a creativity and an awareness within my surroundings every day too. So it's yeah. been it's been fun. That's fun. I, I like it. That. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What are you guys doing for joy for yourself? Gosh, I feel like there's so much joy in my life. I feel like I'm still in the honeymoon phase of my new business. Well, not new business. I mean, have people using around for over five years now, but the new location, mm-hmm. you know, we're settling in as much as there's settling. as much as there's a lot of stress. I feel like there's zero settling. Every moment you're evolving into something which brings me joy. Right. But on the like, yes. But on the on the flip side of that too, I sit there and sometimes I ask, why am I doing this again? Like I just told all the girls, I was like, yeah, so this is the last expansion, you know, for a while and I, I wanna, you know, but I, I think I do get a lot of joy from, well, I know I get a lot of joy from having that space that I own. No, no landlord can come in because when I was in this building, this building sold three times in four years when I was here. So every single time I didn't know one was my rent going to go up. Were they going to kick me out of here? It was very unsettling for having a small business and a new business Plus, I was working my corporate job at that time. But even just being a, a business owner with an expansive mind and a mind for possibility and potential, to have a landlord that isn't in line with whatever possibility and potential that I've told myself I want to have, yeah. then that creates a shift. And yeah. I know like when I signed a lease with my original landlord when I, before I purchased my building as well, I felt like they got my my goal, like they knew what my values were and my mission, and yeah. I felt like I had a relationship with them. And then when they sold the building, like without really giving me a heads up, they just did yeah. that. Yeah, I felt wronged in a yeah. sense, and I felt like vulnerable because mm-hmm. because I didn't know whoever was coming in. Right, I didn't know what no their control. intention was. <laughs> I didn't know if they were gonna believe in what I believed in or if they were going to value the things that I valued that my business stood for. Yeah. And I felt like this is a really like big unknown. Mm-hmm. And to be operating a business with that kind of an unknown, like yeah. gathering, it created a little bit of angst. Yes. Yeah. So I felt that angst mm-hmm. for like four years. Yeah. So, yeah. So not having, really not having that anymore. I literally... Every single day, I pull up to the back parking lot, I punch in the code, I go through the fence, I turn off the alarm, and I go through the door, and I smile, I turn on the lights, and I'm literally smiling as I walk back to the back room, I set my purse down, and I just have this sense of just gratitude, just that little walk from literally the back door all the way back where I put my purse, Every day, that's like, it's almost like a gratitude walk. Like, I'm like, I know it sounds so silly, but that is one piece of my day that is so joyful for me because it's like, I just feel so grateful. Well, that's your space. And so you earn that space. Yeah. And knowing that, I'm reading a book right now. It's called, it's really great. And I think you would love it. It's called High Performance Habits by 
Brendan Burchard. Oh yeah, I actually I think I read that years ago. Really? Yeah, I think that's in my Audible. Uh huh. So and he has like a a book that goes with it, or like I think a journal or, or something, something like that. Yeah. I just did a test this morning online, which was really fascinating because he prompted it in the in the read, and it was I took a picture of the results. It was a high performance like evaluation. And so I think that it's really relative to what you're saying because you said you were talking about like your joy and where you find joy and developing your space and evolving your business and your your space that you just purchased a year ago has really brought you joy. Mm-hmm. And you said something about achievement and he talks about how high performance people aren't really rewarded by like the achievement title. The right. thing that they get value from is the purpose that the achievement brings. Yes, 110%. Yes, right on. <laughs> and I felt like that is just like totally in line with what you're talking about yeah. because it's it's not about like money, it's not about status, it's not yeah. about like any of the like things that come from developing out that space. It's just a matter of like, okay, I have this idea and this idea, like I brought this idea to fruition and other people are benefiting from this mm-hmm. idea that just magically was in my brain. Yeah. And then I took it and turned it into something. Yeah. And now I get to walk through my space, unlock my door, yes. and like just bask in this like reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it is. I love it. Yeah. That's our positivities. That's our positivities. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thanks, you guys. Yeah, we'll be back. Heather will be back. You don't know who's going to be back next. I mean, Heather could be interviewing... A month. We yes. don't know what's to come. It's going to be a wild and fun adventure. I can guarantee it. Yes. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day, have a great week, and we will see you soon.